It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. We'll talk while it's recording so I don't sound like a goblin. Puny Peter Parker. Oh, I'm not going to tell me sounds okay. This is too good. <laughs> Willem Dafoe was amazing. Yeah, he looks like he's going to die any second. Even False. With the age reduction. False. He's my little he needs goblin a face prince. Chance plant. He's a little spooky. He's my goblin prince. Have you either of you seen The Lighthouse? No. I need to. It's on my list. It is so weird, but it is very good. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you that's a normal movie. I am fully aware, and that's why I want to see it even more. <laughs> I remember I went and saw it with Brayden, and he was like 17 at the time. So I was his responsible adult that got him the ticket to the R-rated <laughs> movie. Hold and then I got to watch uh, Robert Pattinson have sex with a mermaid with my brother, soon-to-be brother-in-law, who was 17, and I was like, I need to go home and rethink my life. (laughs) (laughs) Like when we watched um, freaking American Psycho with my brand's making new boyfriend, first time Mm -hmm. he ever met you. Got to the menage a trois scene. It was was a good time. Anyway, podcast. Welcome, everyone. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective two exclamation points the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel there was never another sentence there it wasn't deleted i'm your host dallas <laughs> i'm alexis <laughs> did you delete something i did and i'm not responsible for once <laughs> it was not my fault everything's okay i'm oh. Anne. She's Anne, and she's great. Oh, she do be Anne. And this week, we are going to be going over and discussing Marcos Martin and Ed Brubaker's Friday as part of our Christmas extravaganza. They're so good. Y'all lucky, because I, I want to break into song, like Rebecca Black's Friday. That's all I could think about reading uh, this. All I could think yes. about. You're a criminal, frankly. I am and my Spanish teacher's worse. She made us listen to that song over and over again in Spanish every Friday in high school Spanish. Oh, hell. Every Friday. Love that I wanted for you. to die. Love that for you. But speaking about high school and, like, younger years, long gone, um, there's this really – there's, like, this specific, like, group of books and stories – focused on like YA mysteries and all that fun like you know Scooby-Doo stuff you have like the Hardy Boys you have Nancy Drew does everyone have like a famous Y or not famous but favorite YA mystery series that like just calls to you and clings to your heart does that have to be a book no well it could be anything hmm could be a CD if you want I don't know I I I am too young for that Scripture scouts on CD. Ooh, 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 ooh. Childhood trauma. You keep that out your mouth. There was, if you ever want to know why I became a Hebrew Bible major, our mom purchased these these audiobooks, like CD things, where these kids would go up to their treehouse with their talking dog, and then they'd get teleported back to the stories from the Bible. It was and a magic treehouse, but church. It was magic treehouse, oh, but for the Bible. And I loved it. I would listen to it on loop constantly. That sounds more traumatic than the Magic Tree House, to be honest. Like, you get oh, magic going to the Magic Tree House to go back and we'll watch the crucifixion today. It's right, awesome. In, a, in other news, uh, Magic Tree House is the most traumatic book on Earth because Dallas Taylor Adam Taylor telling story time. Magic Tree House. So my dad, once upon a Christmas, was huh? reading me, I think it's the third Magic Tree House, where they visit the gorillas. Gorilla. And he's reading it to me. And there's the scene where Jack goes up to shout out to all my magic Treehouse fans out there. Uh, you, the real ones, Jack goes up to the silverback gorilla. And my dad was bored out of his mind reading me this child's book. He was book. in his young twenties. So yeah, I'm, is. I'm like seven. So this guy's like just turned 30. And if I was a 30 year old reading magic Treehouse, I would do the same thing. Don't blame but him. He leaves the script and he goes, and Jack walked up to the gorilla the gorilla's nostrils and my dad's a really good storyteller so like i didn't notice the switch he's like the nostrils <laughs> noses began to flare and it looked down at jack jack tentatively like reached up his hand towards the gorilla and the gorilla reached out its hand and i was like wow 
now, Dad. They're going to shake hands. He's like, and the gorilla gripped Jack's small hand in his powerful, steely grip. Reaching with his other hand, he grabbed Jack's other tender hand. And with the brute strength of only a silverback gorilla, he tore Jack's arms from their sockets. Blood gushing everywhere. I'm in the background like, and I was when I was there. Alexis is like, Alexis is like three and a half. Like, the hell's going on over here? As I'm weep, I'm actively weeping. As my dad's like, and he bludgeons Jack with his own arms, and he looks on in horror. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, there are more books. I've seen them. How is the next one? They go to China and ride a dragon. How will Jack hold on to the dragon with no arms? Ah! I'm like freaking out. My dad is stone cold keeping just. He doesn't laugh. Just, like, he doesn't ever laugh when he does that shit. Not laughing ever. at all. Just trauma. I'm shaking, quaking. And he's like, oh man, I wonder what they're going to do with the rest of this book with Jack How dead. Does Annie is, get home? Is An- How's Annie going to get home? <laughs> I was like. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, Scripture Scouts, not more traumatic than Magic Tree House. I'm. I'm taking that into my therapy this week. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my there's god. there's the other time we were camping and my dad decided to tell us the story about a Vietnam vet who had one of his legs blown off. So his name was Shapomp because that was the sound he made when he walked because he had to like drag one foot and then the other one would hit heavy. And yeah, if we listened very if we listened very carefully, we would be able to hear Shapomp outside the tent. You're and in so the woods. then we were in the woods and he was like. These very woods is where Shapomp lives. And with his PTSD, he will attack the kids. And we were like, I'm eight. Uh, Why is this happening? Four. I'm literally three and a half. Don't know what's going on. Shapomp. Thinking about Shapomp. And then there's Grip grip Slide. Similar. I mean, there wasn't a lot of invention. Not a lot of creativity. He was similarly a Vietnam vet. But he was missing both his legs. So he had to grip with his hands and then pull himself. So Grip Slide. (laughs) And that's how he drug himself around the woods. Those were our first horror stories, folks. Oh, and then, af- then after he put us to bed, he proceeded to go make those noises outside of our tent. Yeah, yeah. And then he's, shake like, the tent. he's like, "Good night, kids." And then he went outside and did noises, and we were like, "Oh, Alexis, this is where I die." <laughs> yep. It was funny. We had our uh-huh. own tent too. We had a little itty bitty tiny tent. Just for the two of us, and then we started to cry, and then mom kicked him out of the big tent, and he had to sleep in the tiny tent. He had to come sleep in the tiny tent with us to keep us safe from Shapomp. Well, it was just him. We went into the big tent. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, his feet were sticking out the door. (laughs) Well, um, I liked Scooby-Doo a lot, and (laughs) I wanted to read Nancy Drew, but I couldn't. So, like, um, that's where I'm at. Love it. And welcome to our family trauma. You too. You're welcome. I, I can't wait to meet Papa Dallas. Uh, Papa with his, big, his big mustache. He looks like this. Just imagine me, but with a goatee. And a frown. And a, and a trucker hat. And a trucker <laughs> hat. Um, so, Anne, what did you love about Scooby-Doo, Anne? Because I also love Scooby-Doo. It's, I think just the unique characters... It's such a colorful cast. Everyone's so unique. They're, they all have things that I really liked about them. They stood out from, like, the other Hanna-Barbera, like, knockoffs. Like, it's like, you had the Scooby-Doo, and then you had, like, the 50 other clones of Scooby-Doo. But for some reason, like, Shaggy, Velma, Fred, they're the ones that stick out. And I think it's just, that's what cemented it for me. It's just characters that I clung to. Because they were likable, they were enjoyable, I wanted to see them win, I wanted to see them beat the monsters, the monsters were unique and original too, and yeah, it was just one of my favorite shows when I was younger. One of the first shows I got really into too. I love how every single one of them stood out except Daphne, she sucks. She can go get pound sand. I was in love with Daphne. I was what about like, Scrappy? Damn, space blonde. she a baddie. Scrappy-Doo. Th- listen, this is a Scrappy-Doo defense podcast. That's I love Scrappy. Why I yada? Let me at him. Let me at him. He rules. He is small but fierce. I married small but fierce. I like the trope. He's married to Scrappy. 
I am married to Scrappy Doo, and I am Scooby Doo. That's weird. Scooby, I mean, what can I say? What can I say? Um, Scooby Doo rules. I love, I love just the blend of like a little bit of teen angst, solving a mystery, and the supernatural element of it all. Like, I especially love the the pirate island with the mm-hmm. cats scared the pants off yes. me as a kid but i loved it the first time i'm like the monsters are real and you're like that's actually cool that's cool actually i like this wait yeah, just that a is second. not their that is not their lunch lady what in the what are you <laughs> i love the witch's it? ghost that was so cool <laughs> yeah i remember the, cool. remember the loch ness episode where it was just a big <sighs> robot Yes. Yes. I remember the Vampire in Mexico episode very well. That was a fun one. I do miss the classic Scooby-Doo we grew up with because the Scooby-Doo that Tiffany, our younger sister, grew up with, still good, but different. If you watch Mystery Incorporated, it's actually really good. It It is. Yeah, I've seen seen it. I like it. Different. But it's not classic. I get that. I think growing up is realizing... That Daphne is the one you like when you're like a little boy. You're like, that is what's supposed to be hot. And then you watch the live action one and you see Linda Cardellini Goma and you're like, now that's what I like. (laughs) With her her, uh, onesie. That red spandex whatever the moment was. I was like. moment? (laughs) How do you make that noise with your face? I can't even. He makes a lot of weird noises. I am a noise-filled person. Alexis, did you answer what your favorite YA mystery stuff was? Um, I don't know if it was necessarily like a mystery, but I remember watching like Totally Spies and just being super into whatever they were trying to figure out all the time. I, yeah, that's fair. Totally Spies is a moment. Love them. We better be them for Halloween. Oh we'll my let God. Everyone decide who's who. <laughs> I will be going as Kim Possible for Halloween. Oh, you um, are Daddy going to be the naked mole rat? Because that's rude. Yes. So another story time with Dallas. This episode is story it. time with Dallas. Once upon a time, I had a little four wheeler when Whoa, I was, like was a, nine. It was a, a little blue, No, nope. A little blue four wheeler. And I was riding around in the backyard. And in my head, I loved Kim Possible, by the way. I was this, this little boy that loved Kim Possible. And my dad was like, why are you watching this lady show? And I was like, she is amazing. Alexa, she, is, sitting next to me. she is fierce father, and I am a feminist. <laughs> what the hell? And so I remember one time, I was in the backyard driving my four-wheeler around, and in my head, I was Kim Possible. And I was like, and then I like, just like leapt off my snowmobile, off my four-wheeler, to- <laughs> pretending that it was exploding behind me, because I'd seen that on Kim Possible. My dad is looking out the window and he just opens the window and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I looked up at him like, uh, nothing. He's like, why'd you jump off your four-wheeler? And I was like, no reason. No reason. Oh my God. Like, go back to my four-wheeler like, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, oh. Uh, Alex, you're my favorite person. <laughs> I think I have told this the story on this podcast before, but I don't think you were here. I think Which that was on the girls episode. About Kim Possible? Possible story. It's, yes. It sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's a good I thought it was on the snowmobile. See, that's where it was a little different. Oh. I thought it was the snowmobile that you did it on. Because nope. we also had a mini one of those, too. That was after my time. I was little oh, blue four wheeler. You forget. Oh, I was an infant for most of your childhood, so I don't blame me. <laughs> but also, my favorite mystery, whatever. I loved the Great Brain books. Oh, those were so good. I actually don't think I've heard of those. They're oh. really fun. It made me smile that Ed Brubaker had read them because they're like one of Utah's them. greatest exports. Was They all take place in southern Utah around like the early 20th century and it's just like a really smart little boy during the depression that solves mysteries and one of his most iconic things is he gets indoor plumbing before anyone else in the town and so he charges all the kids a nickel to come see it flush and so that's how he like saves up the money to build his little fort or whatever they're really they were really fun i like another story dad would read us 
Yep, my dad would reuse the great brain, but he wouldn't change those ones because he respected them. He did not <laughs> he respect. Brain. Those were good enough. Those were solid. That was yep. him as a child. He convinced us. Mm-hmm. He, but my dad, my dad loves anything that takes place in the early seventies, and those books were written in the early seventies, so they, they sit on a little shrine in his head. Check. But yeah, that's cool that you brought up that Brubaker read through these. This is actually. If I'm not mistaken, like only the second Boo Baker book I've ever read. <gasps> What's the other yeah. one? The Winter Soldier. <laughs> Madam. What? I Madam. had, <laughs> don't I had count. a moment. I had to read it. I like the only Boo. I maybe did he do Black Widow a little bit? No, he did um Winter's he did a Winter Soldier run on his own, and I had that book, but I haven't read more than a couple issues. Madam. I know he does so much indie stuff, but you gotta his, understand. His creator owned stuff is so good. It's not as easy for me to stream the indie stuff, so I'm always a little behind. It's so good, and I know, I know, I know I'm cowering. Glenn sent me Velvet for Christmas, so I gotta read through that. I haven't read Velvet, so you'll have to let me know. I absolutely will. It looks fun. And you can't see it because of the background. Uh, I think my favorite Brew Baker book are probably the Reckless series that's going on right now. But, like, Criminal is amazing. The Fade Out is amazing. Pulp is great. Pulp is so good, I had my dad read it, and my dad liked it. So, Ooh. Brew Baker writes... He doesn't read. I'm fiction, baby. <laughs> yeah, there's no better feeling than getting your parents to read a comic, and they actually like it. Mm-hmm. It's just... Oh, oh, guess what, Dallas? Speaking of the parents reading the comic, um, uh, mom told me to bring over my little book that I bought in New York City after I'm done with it because she wants to look at it. Oh, my very nice. To Kill a Mockingbird graphic novel. Very nice. Very That's nice. Very Did you finish it? Not yet. Mm. I read a lot of it on the plane, but then I got distracted when I landed. So had to, you know, leave the plane. So proud of you. I right. kind of want to read that, too. It's good. It's cute. I mean, it's right. the book. If you've read the book, you've read it. But the pictures are cute. <laughs> Any book plus pictures, instant instant plus it's, 10. It's Always. So, Bye. Friday is not the song, the book. Is I really, this, I feel like Ed Brubaker does really great back matter in his books. I feel like most of the time I skip the back matter about like how I invented this thing. But for whatever reason, Ed Brubaker's, I'm always like, let me know. Let me know what you, <laughs> pretty please, let me know. And <laughs> this one was born out of just right after college, I guess Ed Brubaker got really depressed. And so he just decided to go back and read all of his favorite books from when he was a kid to see if it would like make him happy. And so then for like years after that, anytime he felt like he was in a slump, he'd go pick up a Great Brain, Encyclopedia Brown, a all of these little like YA detective books. And so he always had the idea in the back of his head that he wanted to do the, the series that takes place after those books. So they solved all these mysteries as a kid and they come back to where they were from. They meet back mm -hmm. up as young adults carrying all the issues of being a young adult with them. And so when Marcos Martin, who one of the best Spider-Man artists of our generation and kills it on this book, Mm -hmm. Marcos Martin approached Ed Brubaker and asked to do a series together. Ed Brubaker knew that this was finally this time to bring the series to life that he's been stewing around in the back of his head for 25 years. Wow. That's a lot longer Genesis than I would have. Wow. He said, Brubaker said that this was the book that he always just kind of figured like he would have written if he didn't get into superheroes and then crime stuff. It was sort of like the one that got away. So he's been very happy to have it come to fruition. That's awesome. So how long is it supposed to, because we read the first three issues. Does he know how long it's supposed to go on for? Do they have a target or? Um, it says that there are three books. So the first three issues are book one. So I think that means mm -hmm. nine issues mm -hmm. for at least this story. Makes sense. Um, but I imagine if it sells well, like. Ed Brubaker is an endless fountain of ideas and joy. So, like, if it sells well, I'm sure there will be other stories. But, like, this specific story that we started today is going to be a three-volume set. Cool. I'm a fan. 
Yeah. So tell me, what did you what did you all think? And then maybe Alexis can do a quick summary of the three issues we read. Yeah, and you go first, and then I'll tell my thoughts, and then go right into this. Okay. So yeah, the first three issues, I it was very lovely. It was a fun first act to this whole story. I think that's where I'm at right now. It's like the first three issues set everything up very well. Um, I'm still really interested to see where it goes after this. And it's a solid intro. There's a lot of um, intrigue, a lot of mystery. I do like the whole, like, this is the story that comes after that, that they play into, because this is getting to see um, someone who's left their small town and then come back to it for like that final hurrah with their maybe best friend, maybe boyfriend that they've always, <laughs> um, you know, had that thing with. That's really interesting. And it's honestly, <clears throat> I didn't like love it. It didn't blow me out of the water because I think it's a great setup and I want to see the rest of it first before I decide how it fits as a story altogether. But it's a great setup and I like the supernatural elements because, you know, I love my supernatural stuff. So I'm very excited to see how that plays into it. I agree. I feel like it was so good because, you know, me, I feel like I need it on a T-shirt or a hat, but I go into these with no thoughts, none. (laughs) Don't ever know what they're about. I just read the night before what they tell me to text Alice at 11 o'clock at night and say, hey, where am I supposed to find this comic? He texted me grumpily, like, here's the link, dumbass. <laughs> and then I shrieked when I found out I had to pay for it. But that's okay. That's all right. I it was pay what it was pay what you want. I know, but I feel guilty not paying when I feel like they should be paid for. <laughs> you are a good person so, paying for yep. comics. Yep. The official stance of Dallas Taylor is pay for your damn comics. Pay for your comics. Yeah, I don't ever pay for them because Dallas pays for them. But that's okay. So I paid a lot for these ones. But... <laughs> Yeah, so I I thought it was good. I really liked it. I liked Friday as a character. I liked her spunky little yes. look with her mini Merida haircut. Loved it. Her curly red hair. It was so cute. I, I love how it stand out, like how she stood out compared to the city. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Like everything was much darker tone colors. All of the people from her hometown are very dark, but mm-hmm. she's got her bright hair, bright outfit, big old trench coat that's... I don't know. It was just really fun. And I loved the contrast of her in the forest scenes. I thought she stood out a lot, which was really fun to watch. Um, I really I really like uh, one of Brubaker's notes for Marcus Martin was that Friday should be very fashionable in yeah, like an early 70s like way. Yeah, she looks And so I like the juxtaposition of she's definitely pitched as like the tomboy tough character, but like she still likes feminine things. She mm-hmm. likes to dress really nicely she likes boys you know she wants all the things that i don't know i just she seemed like a complex character it felt like she could go one way but then they decided to make her a complex character yeah which I love. she's she's straight velma yeah she's straight yeah yeah, yeah straight velma <laughs> i was actually like she's kind of like viking velma in a way she's velma but she'll cut a bitch because she puts stones in her snowballs <laughs> yeah or wax people with hockey pucks so hard love that That's cool I, I also I just love the idea of her being like the tough, you know, the the and Watson the that the kicks. Dainty. Yeah, he's the dainty and she's the tough. Like, <laughs> what a great dynamic. Yeah, how he hires her to be a bodyguard. I thought that was so funny when he's when like he's 11. like a little boy. Yeah, they'll, <laughs> she goes we'll talk about eleven. Your, we'll discuss your salary. Yeah, I love. And this is like right after he's about to get murdered, and he's like yeah. so calm about it. He's like, "Thank you. Let's talk. We, we can discuss your salary over a donut." That's literally what he says. Lancelot Jones. What a little stud muffin. Such a good name, too. Yes, that's a title. Lancelot Jones is a great name. Like, the town, the characters, it all comes alive. But I interrupted you, Alexis. You were in the middle of your thoughts. No, you're good. I love I love the discussions. They're my favorite because we all have funny thoughts because we're hilarious and nobody else is. Oh, yeah. But that's what we're here for. We're a comedy comic podcast. Um, But, no, I... So, yeah, we we start out with our main character, Friday. I don't know if y'all caught on to that yet. Everyone's a little slow in the morning. It's all right. Um, but, yeah, so we kind of get this internal monologue of her kind of kind of catching us up to speed, I would say. Like, in the beginning, she's like, this is what's happened. I'm coming home. Like, I'm worried about seeing my my best friend turned boyfriend turned, I don't know. I messed it up situation. Like when she gets home and she's kind of like freaking out about it on the train. 
And it's kind of funny because as <laughs> has having grown up like that and coming home to that type of thing, like I know how she feels like, oh, there's this guy that like you don't really know where you stand with him. It's kind of weird. Like we made out that one time, but it's kind of icky now. Like we don't really know. And it like made me kind of chuckle because I was like, oh yeah, that I've I've been there. That that happened. It's weird and you don't know what to do with it. But and then we jump right into our crime. Like we see Lance just like booking it into the woods. He is chasing after his next big case. And that's kind of where she has her little internal grumbles. Cause he that's all he wants to do. That's all he's interested in. And that's kind of where the tension is created with the two of them. And we see, like, the case that he's working on and how it's intermingling with her internal thoughts and an experience that she had before she left for college. And I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't want to, like, spoil much in case you guys want to read it because it is just starting out. But um, we see them kind of start with that. They have their... How do I want to say this without spoiling a bunch of it? <laughs> um, I unplugged my headphones. Um, but no, it's just really good. Like we have this awkward encounter with the two of them and then they part ways. And during the night when they're alone, Freddie has this realization of like, oh my gosh, I have information that will help Lance crack this wide open. And so she like, rushes off into the snowstorm to go and rescue him. And we get this really dramatic cliffhanger in the end. So that's kind of all three of the issues bled together. But I don't want to go too deep into it because mm -hmm. it is just starting. And I think y'all should go read it because it's a good one. So. Oh, yeah. There we go. Say <laughs> so that's the end of our, like, non-spoiler section. Everything after yes, is everything else. fair game. There we go. I try my best. <laughs> you have been warned. But yeah, that's, sorry, <clears throat> back. Um, yeah, it's a really great setup. I like that it establishes Friday really well as a character. I like that it um, plays into this whole relationship that they have. Because it's definitely unique. It's like one of those things where it's like, you expect it's going to go one way. But at the end of the third issue, of course, Lancelot, spoilers, meets his untimely end. So it's just her. Yeah, it was insane. It was yeah. insane. I was like, how are you going to kill Lancelot Jones? In the first three issues. <laughs> it's, it's really ballsy to set up a character as like the secondary protagonist and then just axe them. Axe them at the end of the first act. But of course, I can't, I can't think of a better hook than that, you know? I'm it... clamoring for the next mm -hmm. bit. I kind of like screeched when I was like, there's only three issues? This is all we're reading? No! I, th I think it sets up Friday really well to go forward because her main thing was just like, I don't know what to do about this because, you know, this was really more his thing and he's still really on it. And I'm just kind of thinking, like, where do we stand? And now that he's out of the way, I'm really curious to see how she approaches this mystery on her own. It's it's almost like a reverse fridging where it was done to enhance her character for once. But Good. I'm... There's obviously something there because we get hints of the supernatural element earlier, right? Where Friday runs into this white lady in the woods who goes really like Junji Ito for a second. Those images of her face, terrifying. I love that. Some of my favorite artistry in the entire, these first three issues. And there's some mystery about what Lancelot knew about this, this mysterious entity that Friday doesn't. And I think that's that's my main focus is I want to see where that goes next. Because reading through the first part, I was like, is this like a Scooby-Doo thing where there's like supernatural elements, but it's not really? But no, it seems like it's full out HP Lovecraft therapy ghosts in these woods. It's it's insane. That was that was really cool. It very much felt like uh, the book we covered earlier in the year with Matt Draper, Into the Woods, for me. Like the white lady, I was like, oh... This is into the woods, and it's very spoopy. I, I think it really worked to introduce just like a little bit of Lovecraftian horror into the, the mystery. Because like really, the touch point for me with this is Scooby Doo, right? Like Scooby Doo rules. I love Scooby Doo, 
And to age up Scooby-Doo a little bit, it makes it fun to age up the supernatural as well. You mm-hmm. go from, this is a guy dressed up like a monster, this is a Loch Ness Monster robot, to these are some real Lovecraft monsters going on in this wood, in these woods. And I'm a sucker for Lovecraft. Love the writings of that awful racist man. But he's dead, so he doesn't get my money when I read his books. Bingo. Bing bong. You know, one of my favorite things, especially in horror, is just like American legend, American myth. I love that aspect of horror. And especially anything that happens in like New England, it it gives me that like good crisp fall morning feeling that just like takes me instantly to October. It's all I'm thinking about. And this has that. The I like that this monster doesn't seem like she's anything that I've met before in any other book. And that's that's what you need to draw me into a horror. You need something unique to really keep me invested because like you tell me like, oh, it's just like a vampire or a demon. And I'm like, I've seen this before. I don't need more of this. But part of the mystery is just I don't know what this monster is. And that's that's the hook for me. Like when you said we were doing like a a murder mystery book for Christmas, I thought it'd just be like, you know, another slasher. It's like, oh, no, not another from hell. But no, this is literally just lock and key, except without all the trauma to women so far not problematic not problematic <laughs> yet yet ed brubaker for me ed brubaker does a really good job of aging well classic crime and horror mm-hmm. you know like he very clearly loves stuff from the 70s and 80s he loves those tropes things. he loves classic hollywood noir but i don't think he has he doesn't hate women <laughs> He doesn't hate minorities. You know I what I mean? And so, to, like, specify that. It's the bare minimum, but you'd be surprised how often we have to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, you watch something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and you're like, like, it was so interesting for me to watch Last Night in Soho versus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because those are two very good friends, those filmmakers, mm-hmm. talking about the exact same time period. And one of them says, What a horror show for women minorities anyone that wasn't a straight white male this Mm -hmm. is a horror movie and the other one said man that was such a kick-ass time when you could just like pick up some 15 year old chick off the street and she'd like offer you a blowjob like uh california in the 60s yikes exactly you know what i mean it's it's these different perspectives on the same Mm -hmm. theme and i think ed brubaker for me is fun because like i like those trappings too i like classic noir stories but I feel safe going into a Brubaker book because it's not going to be icky. It's not going to make me like the one that probably made me feel the most icky was the fade out. Mm-hmm. But like that was kind of the point is like the story told you like these people are disgusting and awful. And turns out the disgusting, awful people made me feel disgusting and awful. You know, like, I don't know. I this book was really fun because it didn't feel exploitative. It didn't feel violent towards Friday. She got to be the star of her own story. It's beautiful. She had yeah, agency she, too. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Like she kissed Lance first. She said, "Hmm, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna try this." And then she was like, "Yeah, I hate that. Hate, hate." The most <laughs> awkward five minutes of her life. I felt. That was I such a jab. Cringe. I was like, no, "I'm sorry." All right. Has anybody had one of those where like a friend that you think like, man, this mm-hmm. could be something, and you go for it, and you're like, ah, uh, ah. Eh. Oh, yep. it's awful. It's gr- Oh, ugh. yep. And you I know him too, Dallas. Oomst. Nate Christensen. Oomst. He will never oh, hear gross. this. Yeah, it was. But that's all right. I had one too. Mine, her name was Emma Krutbosch. And I remember being like, this magic name. moment. And then I could, the worst kisser I've ever kissed in my entire life. When she said, like, we felt like two puzzle pieces that didn't fit together, I was like, exactly. Yes. Bro-o. Bro-o, bruv. Bro-o. Divorce, love. Divorce. <laughs> oh, now we're all canceled for being British. <laughs> Don't. Divorce. Divorce. <laughs> Divorce. She's so funny. Ever since they let her have her Instagram password back. Funny. She oh. is. She's great. She that is. album. I love when they were like, you should make TikTok songs. She went, no. 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 I'm going to do that. I make, mo- I make music for your moms. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking of moms, does Friday have two moms? What's going on there? I'm pretty sure That's it's two moms. I'm pretty sure. Pretty yeah. sure it's two moms. I was gonna say, why call her aunt? Is but it because it's, of the seventies? It's the seventies. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Brubaker said that this series will la dollar beans. Um, <laughs> Ed Brubaker said that this will perpetually be in the early seventies. Okay. Like we'll see, we might see the characters grow up, whatever, but like the world is never not going to be the early seventies. They were roommates. I remember my one of my best friends in high school when his mom realized she was a Ladalabian. And like I felt again, I felt seen reading this because he was like, She's just my mom's close friend. They share <laughs> a bed. She lives with us. I was oh, like, Your mom's your mom's a Ladalabian, my guy. <laughs> your mom's it's, a Lyopluridon. Your mom <laughs> I was talking about Lyopluridon today before oh, this podcast. Oh, you no fucking today, way. Today, <laughs> I, distra- I was talking about Lyopluridon with a friend. You talking about how walking with dinosaurs lied to us? Fucking, how they were like, we found a gigantic juvenile. This is the largest animal that has ever lived. And then, <laughs> ten years later, turns out the babies are just huge. <laughs> Finger guns. It's like, it's actually the size of a rowboat. And you're like... My childhood's a lie. <laughs> yeah, y'all are criminals. We're talking about dinosaurs, folks. For anybody, not dinosaurs. Uh, my <laughs> brain, Marine. Not my ear, like pliosaurs. Jurassic period pliosaurs. Um, marine reptile. Welcome to the marine reptile podcast. We will now be talking about how Jurassic World turned a mosasaur into a kaiju, and oh. they didn't have to do that because mosasaurus is cool by itself. Is that the 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 flippered crocodile? <laughs> Yes, the flipper crocodile. <laughs> uh, actually, it's a, a flipper Komodo dragon. You slime. Is it not supposed to be big? <laughs> not supposed to be that big. It's Did big, you know, but not that big. Chased by sea monsters with That's Nigel Marvin. Did. Absolutely, yeah. I did. You, you would, Dallas? <laughs> we are moments away from a dinosaur podcast at it's any given happen. second. Why not? Why not? That's another <laughs> thing that I can pretend to like. <laughs> you all about dinosaurs <laughs> sit down and listen to my obscure favorite cryolophosaurus hey it's a good i'll make one. a musical crime podcast so we'll just we'll get on so, it please when i was crime in london when i was in london i saw the therizonosaurus arms like no. the ones and i they were like tucked away in a corner there was no display what? or anything and to my, uh, to my wife i was like those are the therizonosaurus arms and she was like what i was what? like Look, look at this giant fucking ostrich guy. Those are his arms. She's like, wow. Yeah. They thought they were turtle ribs because they were so big. But I like, no, they were stabby, stabby claw things. I like the early models that were like, maybe it's a normal-sized <laughs> one with gigantic arms. That's like, favorite. Idiots. Mm, idiot. Sometimes... Sometimes science goes too far. Like when they turned Elastoperium to a little lumpy. They did. How are we supposed to know if they have feathers? We don't know. Everybody who says they know don't. They don't know. There are literally fossilized feathers, you child. Don't care. Wrong. You can see the feathers on the Archaeopteryx. (laughs) It splatted like a bug on a windshield, and you can see the feathers. (laughs) Do you blame them? No. Sometimes I think about, like... If I die in some hilarious way and everybody is just going to have to look oh, at me yeah. for the rest of history. Like the guy at Mount Vi- at Pompeii that just decided to like crank one before he died. So he's straight up just sitting there jerking off frozen for all time in the position of cranking his shaft at Pompeii. Like that rules. And like, icon. Well, what else? What else? Yeah, like, are always we're dead. Same. Hey, he's like, I'm going to die anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the sound? Well, it took 10 seconds, so. <laughs> it's like, why does it sound like NASCAR in there? The they don't know what NASCAR un- is, man. The friction is unbearable. How did this... Why do you, this- why do you smell like burning rubber? How did the lesbians get us here? Like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> You're welcome. That some of those skeletons are, are the Lebanese. That's going on. <laughs> That's so going anyway, on. Friday has some Ladalabian yes uh, mothers which was cool it was cool and 
I don't know. I I felt like thoroughly subverted when Friday wasn't also a lesbian, if that makes sense. Like I kind of was like, oh, this is a story wrapping. And then it was like that's why she hates Lance. Maybe she is. I don't know. I just like I found her very compelling, you know? Like I couldn't pin down Friday and it made me want to know her better. Cause I feel like in comic books we so regularly just get tropes. We get yeah. like this is this type of character. And so when I see like tough guy broad with little man, I was like, she's either going to be like big Barda and like love this little man or like, she's going to not like man's at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, completely. Cause that is a big, like peep, there's this trope to make strong female characters lesbian because it's just like, isn't it the more masculine for them to be strong? So wouldn't they just be naturally attracted to women too? It's a really mm-hmm. bad, just a to B thought process, but it happens more frequently than it should. It's and I like the way they drew her too. They didn't draw her as like the traditionally like gorgeous like female protagonist, but she's just like hair blowing in the wind. I like that she has that I almost want to say like gremlinness to her, where she's got the really big glasses and she just always yeah. has like the the resting like unimpressed face. I mm-hmm. think that's my favorite thing about her. I really like her. I think she's one of my favorite like main character female moments that we've had in a while. You know what I was thinking about reading this? Hmm. I'm like if we took Daisy from Giant Days, gave her red hair, this is her. This is Daisy from Giant Days. Yes! I had that thought as well. Okay, awesome. I'm glad I'm she not the only be, one. Friday needs to be part of the gang. She just needs to go into theirs. Have Susan you... couldn't handle that. She's like, we only have room for we one pragmatically person. And that's me. <laughs> have either of you read Wicked Things by John Allison and Max Aaron? I haven't. I haven't no. dived further into the Bobbins verse yet. It's very good. It's very short. There's a... So, you know the little girl that they meet at the end of the series, Lex, that Esther babysits? Mm -hmm. So she's a detective, a child detective. (gasps) And so you get a murder mystery with her solving it by the same creative team. It's like six issues long. It's called Wicked Things. It is so... I'm pretty sure I own it on Comixology. It is very good. I'll go read it. There's my Sunday afternoon. I might have gotten it in print, but I think I got it digital. Who knows? I'll just charge your credit card if I'm really worried about it. <laughs> oh, good. good and then Addison will get mad at you and not me. <laughs> True. <That is> uh, <sighs> what are some more of our favorite moments from Friday? Um. If we don't say the clubhouse, I'm going to be upset. Oh, oh my God, was the good. clubhouse, it's designed. Or the hanky-pinky in the clubhouse. I almost Googled to see if, like, there's really a something out there that looks like it. Because I'm like, there's no way this could actually exist, right? Right? Because this is too good. It's like the dream, like, treehouse that I always wanted as a kid. It's just, it's, it's so, so cool. It was so cool. It looks so like cool. it belongs in the Hundred Acre Wood. Right. Well, I think it it fits the tone perfectly of like it seems a little mystical. It seems a little like could only exist in fiction, but the tone of this book plays it all so realistic that all the things that like only could happen in fiction sort of blend well. I don't know. It's it's beautiful and fun. Mm-hmm. I thought the color work from Munsta Vicente was on point. Chef's kiss, beautiful. What did you two both read it through Panel Syndicate, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. What did you think of Panel Panel Syndicate as a service? Because mm-hmm. this is Brian K. Vaughn and I think Ed Brubaker are like the head guys that have put this together. Oh. A digital comic service where you pay what you want mm-hmm. and then they get printed out in little trades by image later on. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the service? I do you have thoughts, Lexi? I, I can go after you. No, you're good. I was just going to say, as someone who mostly strictly reads comics online, it was a little harder to, like, and also I'm blind as a fucking bat, so I have to, like, zoom in all the way to see the words, and then I feel like I miss the pictures, because I'm, like, words, 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 and, like, scrolling down and finding the words, but I, like, missed some of the big spreads of things, and then I was, like, I had to go back, and then I kind of, like, I read it. And then I had to go back and like look at the pictures because I still wanted to see it and I wanted to see the characters in those moments. But I thought it was cool to like pay with the, I mean, me and my guilty conscience paying like $15 each, but that's all right. That's just a me thing. 
I felt guilty. Wow. I don't ever pay for anything. I don't know how these are expensive. I feel I feel so cheap now because I'm like I normally pay like three two dollars an issue, so that's about <laughs> what I'll pay. I spent fifteen dollars for the whole paperback trade. See how cheap what? <laughs> you, yeah, I spent. I, I, I'd already bought this. So for the digitals, I just did zero dollars. So I was like, I already, I already got it once. I already got it once. <laughs> I'm going to go off what Lexi said. This is for me as someone who has my own entire page on my phone, just dedicated to my comics apps. I got Comixology, Marvel Unlimited, DC Un- Unlimited, you know, Hoopla, Webtoon, Drive in my box. It's just, this is just another place for me to go and pull comics from because it's like, okay, I guess I'll put another app here and I just move my little, my drive, my Google Drive over there and I read it there. And yeah, it's one of those things where I start to really miss like guided view that a lot of these apps have that's so helpful and so good. It's it's more tedious, but I didn't hate it. I thought, no, it looks I thought, bad. Yeah, no, it's like the pictures came through okay. The quality was great. Buffering time, zero, because I could just, instantly download it but which yeah for me it's just an it was just a slight inconvenience just juggling another thing that's a little bit how i felt about like substack comics i like i don't want to keep track of another thing yeah i think that's why i'm that's part of the reason i've stayed away from it the controversy behind it that i still haven't thoroughly researched because i'm lazy (laughs) is another reason but it's just I don't want to keep adding apps to this page. Yeah, I really and truly like I have hit my max with Comixology, Marvel Unlimited, DC Infinite, and uh, oh, what's the other one? Gumroad I have for like really indie stuff. Yep. And like I don't want more. I don't. It's... And so like the fact that I kind of thought if I got it on Panel Syndicate, it would pop over into my Gumroad because that's what usually happens when I buy like random comics from the internet but no it's just like i'll open up a pdf page for you to like scroll through and i was like oh this is this is the lowest tier version yeah of like this. i saved it into my files on my phone so i could find it later and then i was like meh, meh. not my favorite it's like if you had it. ever gone back and told me there would be a point in my life where i have far too many comics to read at <laughs> one given time because i have like my physical read stack and then, you know, every Marvel and DC comic ever printed, available and ready at my fingertips. It's just so much all the time. I think for just like a regular person, like picking up comics for the first time, it's convenient because you everyone has like a Google Drive. Just save it right there. You set don't have to set up like an extra account or anything. Just buy and go. But for people that have so many comic services already, it's just one of those things. I'm afraid I'm going to forget where I put it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I know I have Friday somewhere, but I don't remember where I saved it. Yeah, like, for me, I'm definitely going to trade weight. Like, it came mm-hmm. in a really nice little paper. This is a smaller-than-usual yeah. trade paperback. It looks really cute. It's a cutie, and it goes well on my shelf. I'm going to pick up book two when it comes out in physical, but, like, I don't think I'm going to be spending my time on panel syndicate you know yeah, i tried I, I tried this series and i tried donny cates had like a single issue on there once that was really good but it's too much too much remember too much <sighs> i think All i'll right. probably follow your lead and pick up the trade next time too i think it's better and the i was mostly curious to go back to the the digital to see if it was more of like a webtoon scroller but it's not it's just pages so hmm. Like, it it is translated the exact same way into print. So I was like, yeah. oh, there's there's no reason for me to not just read this in print. Yeah. And to go off what Lexi said, the spreads in there are so beautiful. But if you're just scrolling, they stick off the sides of the phone because they line up the pages so that they go from end to end. But the spreads stretch off the phone. I actually missed part of it once because I was just mm. scrolling through. And I'm like, wait that next line doesn't make sense. And I had to like go back and scroll over. I'm like, Oh, there's more to it. And I hate it when I have to go back in a comic like that. That is very annoying. Yeah. I don't, don't love that. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about how this is like similar and how it changes things with YA mysteries? Yes, absolutely. So Lex, we've compared this a little bit to Scooby-Doo. What, how do you feel like this is similar to Scooby-Doo and how do you feel like it's different? 
Well, I feel like it's definitely got like that traditional trope of like we're the brightly colored teenagers and we're going to solve all the crimes in the world, which like I love. I'm a sucker for that. Love Scooby-Doo. Love those colorful characters and their fun, bright 70s vibe, which like this definitely has. Um, But I feel like it kind of crosses the line of like, I don't know if it's just the way that Friday and Lance are presented with like helping the police. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like with Scooby-Doo, they were always beefing with that one sheriff dude and they hated each mm-hmm. other. And so they were just like, fine, you're dumb. We'll go figure it out ourselves. <laughs> like, whatever. Sco- Scooby-Doo said a cab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but like, they're they're on a ride along with the police officer, you know? Like, I feel like that's where it's different. And it kind of feels more real. The, the things that we were watching when we were younger never made me feel that way. But I like now that I'm an adult and like, I... I really did like how that translated for us because it felt the same, but just one step further. They did a lot to make sure they we felt a more mature tone, but I also think they showed a bit of the characters, you know, just own personal histories mm-hmm. in that because the fact that they are working with the cops and there's the fact that the cops are like, okay, these kids are actually really good. They can solve yeah. things. We're going to bring them along with us. That shows that they have a history there and that they have a reputation and it's a good reputation because mm-hmm. Police don't just bring around random citizens to just like, hey, I need you to help me find someone. That's not how this works. There's, you know, systems and stuff like that, supposedly. And it's just, it makes me feel like these kids are popular in this town. The town knows what they've done and they're a staple here. And that mm-hmm. that really cemented where we are. And also talking about like the maturity of it, I know a lot of the younger adult ones focus on like a gang or a group. And there's just this real... There's a lot of themes of friendship and teamwork and stuff like that. But Friday's on her own now. Lancelot was the only person in her gang. And I think, like, Friday's the only character now who's had any substantial page time. Because we get to see the pastor for a little bit. We see her mom and, quote-unquote, aunt slash roommate slash BFF for a second. Oh, Dallas, you're muted. muted. He I missed love- his La joke. <laughs> I just love- you came up with this, the best smirk on your he face. and was ready. Then just- silence nothing (laughs) (laughs) but i'm really interested to see if act two brings in more characters or if this is just going to strictly focus on friday bringing in like an ancillary cast member every other issue or so Mm -hmm. i don't i do not know but i'm excited i know i feel like we need to do like an update when more comes out because i feel like i want to talk about it more but we don't have that like we don't have that much meat it's like i'd be happy to do another one because this is definitely an incomplete story as it is Mm -hmm. it's like i feel like i've read the first issue basically even though we read three issues i feel like i've read issue one everything's set up it's ready to go i'm sitting here ready to go but there's only one more issue after this so i'm like okay i guess we're gonna be waiting for a little bit yeah which was surprising to me i definitely like said we were gonna read this before i had read it because i was like oh edward baker loves to do like a a contained little graphic novel. So that's kind of what I figured this was. And then we read it and I was like, you dirty dog. This is a series. <laughs> this is a series, Ed Brubaker, you scoundrel. You played us. I played myself. <laughs> if you two like this, I can keep shoving Ed Brubaker books down your throats. <laughs> like, I would not go. be upset. This Ego. might be a writer Ego. I like from you. <laughs> For Maybe. once. Once. He is excellent. I did buy you a Grant Morrison book, though. I did stab myself in the foot with that one. Shoot myself in the foot. I, I know, bent I'm down excited. and stabbed myself. That's what I did. Dearest <laughs> listeners, Anne and Lexi got me both volumes of Animal Man for Christmas, <laughs> and I am very excited. I'm deciding if I want to jump right into them or if I want to be a good boy and go back that and was, finish Look Doom what Patrol. Anne got me. <gasps> I know. I am so green with envy. <laughs> That rules. That rules. That rules. For everyone that can't see, which is everybody but the three of us, it is um, (laughs) Hawkeye with Kate Bishop, my lovely little friend that we just read last week. Had to. Written by friend of the show, Kelly Thompson. Kelly. Had to plug that. I'm excited. Uh, It looks good. I love it. I love it. Christmas, best time for giving comics. And you have one more thing on the way, and I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I think I'm going to, I think, I can't help myself. 
I always do this thing where I send Christmas gifts too early in the year. Yeah. Where I sent Anne her giant thing on like December 1st. Yeah. And now I'm like, maybe I should just send her something else. I don't know. I mean, it's, don't it's you Christmas. dare. I swear to God. <laughs> you have another thing on its way too. So calm down. <laughs> it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah. See, when Anne texted me and told me that hers got there, I was like, open it. Open it now. Do it for the one of us. It. And oh my God. Boots. Thank you so much. My hair is so soft now. You like the shampoo? The I shampoo. love the shampoo. Also, since it's purple, it makes you a little bit more blonde every time you wash it with it. <laughs> it helps. Make you That's into the space blonde. I can be a space blonde. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you like it. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. When we make Alexis read Spider-Man again in March, it's going to mm-hmm. be great. Again? We already read it for your birthday, damn it. <laughs> There's well, more spider I know that they come around again. My my deal is mm-hmm. if it's only Miles Morales Spider-Man, I like him. Dallas is sad now. I don't <laughs> want any more Penis Parker. He can die. I will punt kick him off the Empire State Building. We should read the story where Penis Parker dies. Let's <gasps> do that. Let's oh, read the other. Die. Let's do it. Oh, we could die. So sad. No. <laughs> <laughs> The other was one of my first Spider-Man stories. Let's talk about it. Let's do a retroactive review. I would read Superior Spider-Man because that's Dr. Octopus Spider-Man. It's different. I'd be okay with that following the movie that I'm not going to talk about any more further than that. Was there a movie? Was there a Spider-Man movie? No. no. It was a Zendaya movie. Sorry, everyone. Kind of mixed up. (laughs) Should we... Y'all catch the MJ movie? Wow. Hmm. Beautiful. That Genki movie was great. Uh, well, I think this is the end of our show. I think yep. so too. I think. Where's Glenn's vibed. question? Come on, Glenn. What the hell? Glenn, Glenn failed us exactly Glenn, once. Glenn wrote in. It just there wasn't a question. Oh, did so, he just tell you that he loves me and then went about his way? I will send it to you guys. <laughs> awesome. Love you, Glenn. Love you, Glenn. Glenn's our favorite. Alrighty. Should we go into the end of episode stuff? We shall. All right, everybody. If you like our show and want to hear more of us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective, or you can find us, find each of us at our personals at Dallas underscore comics at Ann Comics. And dun, 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 I changed my name <gasps> to at Lexi Lou underscore comics. Nobody caught that because I don't tweet ever and I deleted the app so they wouldn't spoil Spider-Man. But <laughs> <laughs> and I, I forgot it. my password. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. Love that right. for you. If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support or send us some Christmas cheer for free 99, go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Oh, we only really check Apple Podcasts, I'm not gonna lie. Um, and give us a five-star review and we will read it off on the show. And finally, feel free to email us with your questions or comments for the show at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. Also, mm-hmm. before before we go, before we go, make sure to send in before the 27th your blurb about the best comic of 2021. If you want to be a part of that show, they've been trickling in. We need a few more to fill out a show, and we want to hear from you. So make sure to send in a two to three minute MP3 clip of your favorite comic released in 2021. All right, everybody get that sent in for the end of the year show. That is our next week's our Mm -hmm. next episode. So get on that everybody. Yeah. Don't procrastinate like me. I I pulled a Lexi today. I definitely read the last two issues of this this morning. It was the first thing I did when I woke up. It was easy. 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 I I read it at 11 o'clock last night. So same thing. (laughs) Definitely. 1 a.m. Your time. Oh my gosh. I saw Spider-Man again last night instead of finishing this first. I'm bad. I'm awful. That's not bad. That's good. Do we want to give two seconds what we all thought of Spider-Man before we go? Good. And they can click off if it's their own personal problem. And you can't be mad at us on Twitter if you're dumb and stay. (laughs) It was good. It was good. Yeah. It was good. I liked it very much. Yeah. Any movie that makes Lexi say, yay, Spider-Man good? Awesome. Any movie that makes any superhero movie that my wife likes must be pretty good. Gasp. She does not like those movies. She loved it. And then we had to explain to them everything that happened in it. So it was great. 
Shout out to my friend Morgan, who I saw it with yesterday. Watching any nerdy movie with him is the best because he has the best reactions and he's awesome. I was so happy. It's one of the movies you want to show to your nerdiest friends because you want to see how they react. Like me taking Dallas to musicals with me. Mm-hmm. Watching Phantom of the Opera. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then I went and saw Waitress. Bye. But anyway, Kill love you. you, everybody. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.